Today on the show, we're talking about investing in yourself. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm joined with Trevor, and thank you for being here with us this week. And this week, we are talking about none other than the concept of investing in yourself. And before we get any farther, Trevor, what's your thoughts on this? I think people underestimate or maybe don't completely understand the concept of investing in yourself. There's many ways to do it, which we're going to cover in this episode. So I, this was, this topic was Trevor's idea, but I absolutely fell in love with the idea of doing dedicating a whole show to this. And for the show, we found an absolutely phenomenal article, maybe one of the best ones we have read to date. And we're going to put in the show notes and we highly recommend everyone listening to go check it out. It is an article called Top 10 Ways to Invest in Yourself and Why It's So Powerful. It's written by Megan Tull and it was in the Huffington Post on their blog. And again, so everything that we're going to refer to is by um, Megan and she's an incredible writer. She has laid out top 10 ways to invest in yourself and has done it phenomenally. So again, that'll be in the show notes. Please check it out. And um, we're giving her all the credit where credit is due. And we've covered a lot of these these 10 items in previous episodes, but not with the spin of, of investing in yourself. Definitely. And that's why I really like this idea to dedicate a whole episode to this because we always talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about goal setting within this episode, but we're really going to spin it in such a way where why setting goals is important in yourself. And one thing that Megan highlights in this article is that the ways you can invest yourself, they all don't require money. And again, we're a personal finance podcast and one about about really being authentic and and really and, and not making money an excuse for why you can or can't do something. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's important. To, a lot of people think of investing yourself at a young age, you know, to set yourself up for life. But it's just it's equally as important to invest in yourself throughout your life and even in your in your older years. And that right there, I'm super happy you brought that up because that is such a phenomenal point. And that um, Megan lays at the beginning that anything counts as investing yourself, such as she says, learning a new skill, developing yourself personally or professionally, tapping into creativity, all those count as investing yourself. And I think this is such an incredible concept because like you said, Trevor, you assume that you can only really invest yourself at a younger age and that by the time you're 40, 50, 60, 70, you've already acquired basically all you're going to be and you are who you are. But the amazing thing about human beings is we're constantly evolving. We're we're so dynamic in that we can acquire new skills. We can completely keep evolving and self-improving. So I think that's what's incredible. We really want to focus on in this episode. So on that note, let's, let's get into, well, actually, before I get into that, she, uh, Megan has a great little bit before she lists the 10 things. And it's the concept of when you're willing to say yes. And, and she says, quote, take that leap of faith and invest in yourself. So I think that's very important is to be in the right mindset and the right state in that you're willing to give yourself the self-love that you know you should deserve. Yeah, no, I think you need to believe in yourself. That 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 is for sort of step one. If you don't believe in yourself, investing in yourself at that point kind of is, is fruitless. 
Definitely. And I mean, investing yourself there. One of the points is building confidence in yourself and really believing yourself. So that does go hand in hand. But you really have to take that step, just like anything, to really commit, commit to investing yourself, commit to the idea that this is a good idea. So this does this this article. She does state that a lot of these don't cost money. But I have heard from, you know, multiple sources and read multiple times that you should be willing to invest 10% of your earnings into yourself every year. And I think that's probably a pretty wise or a pretty good benchmark at a minimum, 10% of your earnings into improving yourself every year. And I love that and because it's true. And like Megan says in the beginning of this article, we often tend to forget about ourselves. We're so concerned, which is, it's incredible to be concerned about this, but concerned about volunteering to other causes and donating your time and money to other causes and other people. But I think, I, I don't know, maybe you can speak more to this, that the older you get and you'll start have a family and you really start looking outwards and maybe lose track of the importance or lose time to really in, reflect inwards. Well, you, when you have a young family, I mean, I think it may be unrealistic to be attending uh, night school courses. Uh, I'm not saying you can't, but it, it, it would stretch, it tend to stretch you kind of thin. I did it, and I know how the demand it put on my wife by doing that. So there is a point of reason, I think. You personally, have you, do you believe that you are right now reflecting inward enough and investing enough time in yourself? I mean, your kids are out of the house, you're an empty nester. It, are you having trouble coming back to that point or is it something that you've always wanted to to do more of invest in yourself and now you finally do have the time? Well, I have a, um, I'm a CPA and part of the requirements of maintaining that designation is a continuing education requirement. So I am required to get so many hours of uh, development or education every year. So it's somewhat imposed on me and I, I kind of carry that as a burden in the back of my mind, but whenever I do take a course or some sort of learning class, I always feel great when I'm done. So uh, I'm glad that that's imposed on me. I, I'd like to think I have the self-discipline to do it on my own without that being imposed by my association. But So, so I've been doing this my, my whole life. And, and things like that, I think, are incredible. And and because you already are on that track, it feels more normal. So I, that's, I think that's wonderful. So let's get into Megan's top 10 ways to invest in yourself. So I'll run through all 10. Number one, set goals. Number two, honor your intuition. Number three, invest time in your creativity. Number four, invest in building your confidence. Number five, read educational books. Number six, attend seminars and workshops to expand your knowledge and skills in your business or personal life. Number seven, take care of your health. Number eight, choose to be happy. Number nine, work on your bucket list. And last but not least, number 10, invest in a coach. So let's get back to number one, set goals. Yeah, we've talked about this in our uh, Take Action yeah, take ac- April, take action April um, challenge to our listeners. And in there we said setting goals is like having a destination or direction that you're moving in. And, and without goals, some sort of short-term and long-term goals, you're really just moving through life aimlessly. So having a goal, having a target, and I'm going to say have multiple goals, not just one, 
Have goals in all aspects of your life. They could be health-related. They could be education-related. They could be job-related, uh, family-related. You know, So you have all these goals, and, and you're, you're moving your life in a, in a direction. And I think it kind of gives purpose to your life. And I think an important thing to highlight is that a goal does not have to be this grand, large, overarching achievement that you want to to achieve. It can just be something that is very, very maybe commonplace, but it's something that, like you said, gives your life direction. Well, I would caution our listeners on setting the bar too low, you know, because you want to you definitely want to put a challenge in front of yourself. You don't want to have a very flaky, easily attained goal that really doesn't push you. you the, the idea of setting goals is to push your limits, to to make you move outside of your comfort zone. Definitely. And I, I do, that's a great point because Megan does mention here, and actually it's a, it's a concept I learned in my public relations class as well. So something that is applied across across the board is the idea of SMART goals. And I think we've talked about it in the past. SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. So if you follow the idea of setting yourself smart goals, you will make sure that, like you just said, Trevor, that your goals are realistic and that they are they're achievable and that you can do it in a in a timely manner because we talk about so often that if you don't have those small wins, you're really going to be feel set back. So by making sure your goals are smart goals, you really you really will feel like you can achieve these. And I, I've said this before, you you need to write it down so your your goal can't change. It's been documented. Put it somewhere where you can see it, like on your fridge. And tell a friend or tell a coworker or tell somebody of your goal. And hopefully in a, in a positive way, those people will help keep you uh, accountable to, to achieving that goal. Definitely, because... Because like you said, without goals, and, and Megan says here, it's a great, great quote, not, quote, not taking the time to set goals. It's like driving the dark with the headlights turned off, end quote. And we all know how dangerous and destructive driving with your headlights off is. So I really like this analogy because it, it, goals are that severely important. And we talked about, uh, from a personal finance standpoint, you can wander into financial ruins by spending money carelessly and, and not having sort of any direction. But you can't get out of a financial mess without a goal and a plan. Oh, for sure. And to our listeners who maybe think that we are overkilling the idea. I mean, we just we talk about goals so much on this podcast. So we're sorry if it sounds like we are, uh, to use the expression, beating a dead horse. But I really think goals are as important as your personal values and beliefs because it really grounds you in everything that you do in life. So that is why goals are so important because they are so individualistic and they are so important to give your whole life direction. So we'll we'll, we'll end it there for goals. Let's move on to number two, honor your intuition. And I think this is something that I wouldn't necessarily put on investing in yourself and it's an it's an incredible idea well this can be a dangerous thing too but i if i think back to maybe almost a year ago i, I well, actually a year ago i wanted to start this podcast and i knew it would it would work i just i just knew it would but i i i kept saying no i had these doubts creeping into my mind and, and i didn't start it and it was my wife that ended up pushing me into to actually pulling the trigger but my intuition told me this would work and 
lo and behold, I mean, this podcast has grown to uh, a listenership that I, I never thought we'd, we would reach to. So I, my intuition said this would be a great idea and I wish I would listen to it sooner. Definitely. Because some decisions that you make in life maybe don't make sense on paper. But in your in your heart, in your gut, they do. And and Trevor, so maybe this is a decision like you. You, I mean, when we started this podcast back in April, we were kind of we were thinking, oh, what are we going to talk about every week? And but in our in, in in your gut, in my gut, we knew that this would would turn into something enjoyable and hopefully succeed. And I want to say intuition. I I don't even know what the definition of that is, but it's something that. I think it develops over time and you, the more you, you, you follow your intuition and have a good outcome, the more likely you're to trust your intuition in the future. So as you, as you go down the road of life and you follow your intuition more often than not, you're going to, it's going to grow exponentially. You're going to, you're going to follow that intuition even more and more because it keeps leading to positive outcomes. If in fact it does. Because at the same time, intuition I think can also lead you to bad places as well. If you, if you feel an inkling of something and it, and it turns out not to be true, that can be, that can get you into a dangerous place very fast. Yeah. And well, and if, if your intuition keeps leading you into a bad outcome or an undesired outcome, then I, I think you need to revisit. Uh, maybe your intuition is, is maybe uh, not, not the greatest tool to work with. Oh, definitely. Can you think of a time when you followed your intuition and you shouldn't have? Um, yeah, I can think of a few. I, I know I bought a, a used car way back that I, I, I kind of, my gut told me, you know, this, this car is, I, I know I've had, I've in a previous podcast, I talked about all the successes I had with cars. I did have one that I, I it was a van and I bought it and the price Maybe it was just a little too good, and it, it it didn't drive quite as nice as I'd hoped. But everything else seemed okay, and I bought it. And it, it was an okay vehicle. It wasn't great. So there, there's a case where I went with my gut, and it turned out to be a bad call. I love that example because I mean it it didn't it didn't lead you to this to a very bad road, but it still you 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 didn't trust your gut, and you should have. So I I love that example. That's a, it's it's all that's a great example. How about you? Probably about about school. I I think I'm I'm going to into nutrition in September, and it's I love nutrition with all of my heart. And in the back of my mind, I I sometimes question that decision and wondering what the job market will be like, and and questioning if there's something else I should do as a secondary education. But I think my intuition led me to uh, register for the nutrition program. So, and, and, and know that my passion is going to be strong enough to, to allow me to really cultivate a job at the end of, end of the education. So I think I have intrinsically enough desire and passion to make this degree succeed, regardless of anything else at the, at the finish line, um, when I'm done in two years. So I think really trusting my intuition and my gut that this is what I I'm meant to do is something that I just need to to realize and stop stop asking questions that my that my brain is is making me think about. Now that sounds like a pretty solid uh, example. A lot of times, not following your intuition, you end up with paralysis by analysis, and this has happened to me. 
where you can analyze something to death and, and still not come to a, a, a solid conclusion. And at some point, you've got to go with your gut or your, or your intuition. Analysis will only take it so far. Oh, definitely. And I think, I think if you start taking on the opinions and input from others, that can really lead you to move away from listening to your gut and your instincts because you're taking on other people's, other people's feelings that aren't intrinsically linked to how you're feeling. So I think it's important as well to, to make decisions based on how you are feeling and trust that gut. I mean, outside input is so valuable, but for some things, I mean, I'll go back to the nutrition example. And when I decided to go nutrition, my parents, my parents had a conversation with me and were wondering if I wanted to pursue something more closely linked to this podcast and something along that lines, because I do enjoy, I enjoy creating content in, in this scope. So they asked me about that, which made me wonder because I enjoy both so much. This podcast is so much fun. So, I mean, it, it made me stop at my tracks and, and wonder if nutrition was the right route, but I think listening to my gut and, and knowing myself well enough and really what is, is burning inside of me was really the key to, to being uh, confident and secure in my decision. Yeah, that sounds, uh, again, like a really good example. I, I think, you know, when, when someone asks for my opinion, I never give my intuition or gut as my opinion. I will offer analysis and, and I will try to sort of support my my input or my advice based on my analysis, but I never offer up my opinion on somebody else's scenario based on intuition. But I think that's natural because when, I don't know about you, but when someone asks for my opinion, I I put a lot of empathy into what I say because I know I know what that person is probably feeling or thinking or where they're coming from. So when I give my opinion, I don't give my literal opinion. I give my opinion based on who that person is and I think that shows a lot of empathy and really provides provides a lot of actual valuable advice to the person asking for your input but have, have you ever had anyone ask you for your gut feel on something no that's a good point I don't it, that's not, See, I, it's not something have, that happens yeah I have had people ask what's your gut on this and I, I refuse to give my gut feel on something I, I think that's that's misleading to people because I, I can't quantify it I can't validate it i can just say you know i, I gut feel I, I would feel horrible giving someone my gut feel and turn up be a bad decision whereas if they ask me what do you think of this you know investment proposal or you know should i buy this house or buy this car i would give them my opinion and and i would i would validate my my opinion with all the facts that i'm, I'm using to reason it through you know what i'm thinking too when someone asks you for what your gut feeling is maybe it's because they have a gut feeling and, and they, they know what they, they want to know if yeah. yeah, and and they're wondering if they should trust their gut feeling. So right there, when someone asks you that, I think you should spin the question right back and say, "What's your gut feeling?" Because, and that because that I don't know about you, but that is when I ask for other people's opinion. Is when I have a gut feeling, and it came out of nowhere, and I, I and I I need some other justification why I should trust my gut. And I think that's why we look outward for other people's opinions is because. Reason and logic, that makes sense. We're good with that. But when it's gut feelings yeah. and intrinsic motivation, desire, that doesn't make sense. And you look to other people to validate because you have no logic to validate so, it on your own. So you're saying when someone asks you what's your gut feeling, they're not trusting their own intuition. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
I would agree with that, actually. That's a good conclusion. So, and I think that's normal because no one, I, that gut feeling does feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. I mean, it never, it never feels as good to you as logic does. So yeah, next time you have a gut feeling, trust it and, and just feel confident in that gut decision that's probably intrinsically linked to what you actually want to do. So let's move on to number three. Number three is invest time in your creativity. And I think this is maybe one of the points that maybe is not focused on enough because it's not deemed as maybe important as more hard skills. Well, you know, and a lot of people think creativity is an artistic endeavor. And, uh, you know, I don't see it that way. This podcast required a lot of creativity. And I'm not naturally a creative person. I'm very analytical. And this this made me sort of dig into an area of my mind that I've never, I, I haven't used a lot. And uh, I was surprised what I found. You know, I, w- this podcast has is, is evolved based on creativity. And I, I'm more motivated to use that creative aspect of my brain than I ever have before. Definitely. And Megan does mention within this point that it's important to be inspired and have fun and appreciate the beauty in the world. That's a, that's a direct quote. And it, it really, I think, allows you to experience life in a different way you might not have of, of otherwise. Because like you said, it, it unlocks this area of your brain that maybe you've been, you've been uh, suppressing due to your job. Trevor, you're an accountant. I mean, there's not much creativity in that. At least I hope not. <laughs> there shouldn't <You> be. <laughs> yeah, there isn't. Just by design, you're right. Yeah, so... So you're really tapping into a side of you that maybe you haven't tapped into since you took woodshop back in high school. So, I mean, you would work now, but I think it's so important, I guess, to and, and Trevor, like you're 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 not you're not exactly my age or a little bit older, but it's still I don't think it's too late to ever tap in and unleash that side. Well, if you think if if you have a job that suppresses creativity by its nature so an accountant you're 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 not supposed to be creative at all in fact it's discouraged your hobbies and interests outside of your job maybe you should focus more on creativity because that's a part of your brain that's that's going dormant not being used but the non-creative part is being exhausted during the day so you should sort of structure your life so your your special interests are actually creative definitely and i mean I'm sure you appreciate light differently now because of the podcast. You, and do you feel do you feel any different? Do you feel do you feel like you appreciate life differently or do you feel more energized? I could work a, a full day at work and still have lots of energy left to deliver to this podcast. And and I know that's because I'm using a different part of my brain to do this. And that says a lot right there because and and no longer do you come home exhausted and and I think that's what's important about really committing to investing yourself because if you came home at the end of the day and did not have the podcast, it, it, doing something creative would seem a little bit exhausting. But because you committed yourself last August to this podcast, it's become it's become a little bit more of a habitual a habitual ritual that you do every week, and I think that becomes easier. Definitely, that 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 sums it up quite well. So, I I guess the takeaway from number point number three is that. It doesn't have to be daunting or, or you don't have to start sculpting or painting. It yeah, doesn't have to be it, something large. It, just It doesn't have to be artistic either. No, It doesn't have no. to be some sort of uh, drawing, painting, like you said, sculpting. It can be a creative, just something creative. Like 
if you want to write a, a create a, a, a blog and, and write something that you're you're passionate about that requires creativity or i'd even say cooking or baking even from a cookbook something that involves a little bit of a little bit of something you might not normally do so yeah that that point number three just just get a little bit creative at your own pace but definitely do something that you maybe haven't tried or experienced before Number four, invest in building your confidence. I think this point, this point is high on the list of importance in my in my mind. Yeah, we, and if you think of the creativity, the the previous one, you you know to to be creative and 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 put your creations in front of the world, it requires some self confidence to do that. This podcast, I I hate to keep using this podcast as an example, but it's another great example that. We're, we're pouring out our thoughts and dreams and aspirations into this podcast. And I'm sure listeners are listening to this and, and I, you know, knowing the number of listeners we have and the people that are listening, you have to be somewhat confident in what you're saying to, to, to do this. So I, I have been able to build a confidence. A year ago, I, I joined an adult music program and learned how to read music and, and play a musical instrument. And that took a lot of that built a lot of confidence in my abilities. So self-confidence is is very important. Oh, for sure. And uh, Megan, at the beginning of the article, actually says, quote, investing in yourself is an example of self-love. You must love yourself before you can expect others to love you, end quote. And I, I believe that you really, in order in order for other people to have confidence in you, you have to have confidence in yourself. And I like to always go back to the idea of fake it till you make it. So if you, it's it just like if you're not happy and you smile, you will be, you will believe that smile and you will become happy. So even if you're not completely confident in what you're doing or, or who you are, just pretend to be confident and you will be. If you believe in yourself and, and what you bring to the world and believe that you are you have value to add and, and what you say adds value, that's that's all that matters. And you really just have to believe in yourself, which will allow people to believe in you. You know, a good example of this is uh, where I work, we have a week, uh, weekly meetings and we call it the war room. And it's basically a boardroom. And uh, I, I'd say anywhere between 15, 15 or 20 people show up to this meeting. And it's, it's, it's a pretty high-pressure meeting. And you can tell the people that show up unprepared. They, they, their head is down at the table. They're, they're slumped back in their chair. And you know they're going to get just destroyed in this meeting by, by whoever's running it because they're not prepared. And, and the boss always dials into that person and just goes at them constantly. And when I show up to these meetings, whether I'm prepared or not, I'm leaning in, my head is up, I got a smile on my face. Nobody's questioning uh, my preparedness for this meeting or whether I have delivered this week. So just demonstrating confidence, people notice. First off, I love the idea of the worm. That's that's so fitting. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to their own boardrooms within their office spaces. But I also love the idea that you that you go in with this this confident demeanor, this confident attitude, because it, it's it's sad the world we live in that if you will get eaten apart if you if you show sometimes in some environments if you show an ounce of doubt or an ounce of 
lack of confidence and it, oh, you it's said sad. It. You, you said it right there. Just a, just an ounce, just a, yeah, a just, just a, a hint yes. of, of self-doubt or lack of confidence. People are going to pounce on that. Oh yeah. So it, you almost have to go to the other extreme and not be egotistical and not and, be a and, little. And fake it till you make it. Yeah. Take you a lot, take you quite a day. It'll, it could keep you out of trouble. You know, like it, it could keep you out of harm's way. Definitely. And confidence goes along with credibility and with accountability and all those other things that the people just see you differently when you, and it goes along with the idea of attractiveness. I'm not sure if any of our listeners are aware of this, this little fact, but people who are deemed more attractive by society are individuals that people, sadly, this is super, very, very unfortunate listen to more and respect more obviously i don't agree with this but this is just what studies show and say so i think this carries over to confidence as well in that um being more confident will deem you will deem will pe- people will listen to you more people will respect you more it's, just, it's unfortunate that it is that way but i think society is structured in in, in that kind of kind of way i work with a person and whenever they make a statement or say something, it always ends, they always end their sentences with what sounds like a question as opposed to an answer. Oh, I think we all know have someone you, like that. Have, yeah, and that drives me crazy. So whatever they say, I I say, you know, do you really, you know, I, I leave talking to that person either on the phone or in person and really not sure about trusting what they said or did. You almost ask, feel like asking, is that your final answer? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, and and that's so true. And I, I'm sure all of our listeners can can agree that it's almost frustrating that there that you know if you know someone who you know is super intelligent and super good at what they do, but they don't have the confidence to back that up, and you almost feel like shaking them and telling them. No, you're good at what you do. You should be confident with who you are. You're an incredible person and you know, you know your stuff. So, but we, we've talked about, you know, we've identified, you know, people lacking self-confidence and a a lot of people, it's not just a switch you can turn on and say, Hey, now you're confident. We should really talk about tools we know of to build confidence. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Do you have any, do you have any good ones? Well, one of of the ones, uh, one of the ones that I think is uh, a fabulous one is, uh, Toastmasters, you know, it's where you do public speaking. You learn to be a better public speaker, and that is a huge confidence builder. I oh. mean, that will that'll take you from the the depths of of despair to you know the king of the mountain overnight. Oh, definitely. I've I've seen people go through that, and they're changed people, and not even when they're public speaking. I'm talking, they're just changed people. Yeah, my you feel you feel you have power, or you have some sort of knowledge base over the people around you, and that that just spews confidence i actually i really love that point because half the time confidence is just about how you can say what you want to say how you well you can convey your message and how well you can get your point across so you you it's you might have the confidence but just not have the ability to convey that so i i I love that i really love that so i would i would highly recommend toastmasters to anybody listening to this podcast and if i had to give one my confidence booster strategy it would be education an example of this is that obviously i'm passionate about nutrition but i don't have the correct educational background to really give me enough confidence to be able to convey 
information. So again, I'm going to school for to become a nutritionist so I can feel confident conveying information about something I'm passionate about. So I think that would be my big, my big strategy. You know, funny you say that one. So I'm an accountant and whenever we're in a meeting and at the end of the day, you know, it has to make financial sense, any business decision. And accounting is sort of a language all of its own, debits and credits. And, you know, people, a lot of people don't, they're not just common terms people use every day. And that actually, when I'm in a meeting and it comes time to talk dollars and cents, my confidence level tends to rise up considerably. Because you have that education and knowledge. and, And even to that point, sometimes having a niche set of skills or knowledge base is sometimes really valuable too, because you do have something a little bit special that not everyone in the room is aware of. So that's also another little, um, maybe another confidence building strategy is it become really good at something no one else is. And that'll, that'll kind of set you apart in your field. So let's move on to number five, read educational books. And Trevor, I feel like this is a no brainer for you as a strategy and investing in yourself. We all know you are a self-help book advocate and consumer and I mean any of our listeners even listening today thank you for being here and just investing in knowledge consumption and information consumption because at the end of the day we all benefit from doing that I have a reading list that I'll never get to to before I I die like I mean I have so many books I want to read but I've been knocking off a book a month and I've said this before that's my goal read a book a month and the when you're reading the books, you, you don't really think you're sort of retaining the information or or you're getting any smarter. But when we're doing this podcast, the things just pop into my head. Like I, I remember reading this. I remember reading that. And I also listen to audiobooks And consuming uh, books, mostly through reading, but also through audio, has been a, a invaluable. I, I Again, it also builds confidence because we become more knowledgeable on more topics. But I am just, it almost becomes addictive. So I, I can't stress enough what reading books actually, and I'm not talking, okay, fiction books are great too, but I'm nonfiction books, what it adds to your knowledge base. It is just mind-boggling. And I want to extend this point to just education in general I mean, any of our listeners out there who have been through a post-secondary degree, I I don't know about you, but I have been I've sat in class at like a theories class or a advanced theories class and just sat there wondering why, why am I learning this? I'm not going to retain this. But I mean, I mean, I this, just so many classes like that. And but at the end of the day, at the end of the semester, the end of the year, end of your degree or diploma program there's a lot up there that you didn't realize stayed with you. And, and I think that's the most incredible part about education and learning. Yeah. And it always, it's always astonishing how much you, you retain and you don't realize it. And and with just reading books, I I just want to go back to books is that is dirt cheap. I mean, you, everyone's got access to public libraries, but even if you don't, what you get out of a book, I mean, just, I'll say, really a bestseller nonfiction is around $15, $16. That's not a huge investment in, in what you're going to get out of that book. Oh, for sure. And so it's- the, there's the cost. There's no cost restriction here as far as I'm concerned. Books are, you, you're, what you get out of a book for what it costs is, is huge. Definitely. So to your point, you don't need to spend 
thousands of dollars on on any I mean post-secondary education is amazing but if it's supplemental just going to your local library and we actually had a had a listener um, a message from one of our listeners Danielle who uh, just it was just saying that she's listening to an episode and she can't wait to go to her local library to pick up some of the books that uh, Trevor had recommended so well, she con- she commented on one of the the episode we did on how I consume books and it really talked about you know the physical book, the Kindle book, the audio book, and how I use all those to sort of in in uh, concert, and uh, how it, you can utilize different formats of books. Definitely, and I, based off Danielle's message, I think it would be super beneficial to get a a book our recommended book list up on our our website. Um, we'll maybe create a new tab there where Trevor and I will have create a giant book list in, in like different categories. So if you are looking for some inspiration for different topics and things that we talk about, we'll have an ongoing list there that you can just check out. And, um, like Danielle's is doing, going to, uh, to, to read those books because we mentioned books every episode in our, during the podcast and we have them in the show notes, but I think one condensed list would be hopefully beneficial for you as a listener. That's a good idea. I'm surprised that we haven't come up with that yet. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be up there soon. Uh, we'll hopefully get it up there. And and also, message us, send us an email with your book suggestions so we can add it to the list and we can read it ourselves because we're always looking to consume more more information and uh, because it's only going to benefit this podcast and what you listen to as a listener. So um, let's move on to number six. Attend seminars and workshops to expand your knowledge and skills in your business and or personal life. I have a good example for this. Uh, do you have anything to, to lead this off with though, Trevor? Well, one of the benefits of this, and, and Megan mentions this, is you get to interact you know, in person with like-minded people who, who share a, a similar passion of whatever that workshop is about. And one of my... So we talked about Mr. Money Mustache on, on this podcast. He has a blog, and he has these things called Camp Mustache. And so he had one in Ottawa a few years ago, and he hasn't been back to Canada since. So I'm hoping he has another one. I'd love to go to Camp Mustache just to be around these like-minded people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And and on that same kind of that note, I just this past week, I went to go see a – I am a, such a huge fan of food documentaries – um, kind of in line with the nutrition. So I went to go see a nutrition food-based documentary screening that um, it was being held at a local university here. And um, and it was phenomenal. I was surrounded by so many other like-minded individuals. And there was actually a panel of nutritionists that spoke at the end. So I sat right beside someone who was just as engrossed in the topic as I was. And we were talking and chatting and uh, just the energy in the environment. I mean, we always say surround yourself by like-minded people who who really will bring you up and what better environment to do that than attend things and workshops, seminars, uh, days, events that, that bring you so much happiness and joy. Well, and you know, the more your passion goes against the grain of society, the, you're going to be around the polar opposite people most of the time. So if I think about where I work, everyone's driving these high end trucks and I'm driving an old car all these people talk about is is the the money they're spending on on vehicles and i mean i have zero in common with those people so it's it's the polar opposite so if you have an extreme passion so our podcast is about pursuing financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices i mean if if you're on the um if you're part of the consumer society you know those people are 
just the opposite of what the message we're trying to send here. So it, like I say, the more extreme your passion is, the more it goes against the grain of society. You, you're not actually, you're, you're not surrounded by like-minded people. You're, you're surrounded by people seeking just the opposite of what you are. So th- these seminars become even more important. Oh yeah, because ideally, I mean, we'd all work, live in, in an environment where everyone thought the same as, as, as you. Everyone is passionate the same thing as you, but I mean, we don't live in a, a perfect utopia um, society. So you're exactly right, Trevor. You just, you have to take the opportunities you can to surround yourself and get that little, little, little happiness and little, just like the small wins, just those small moments that you realize that, yes, there's so many people who are just like me. Well, there, I just discovered there's a, a podcasting organization just about a, an hour north of where I live and they put on podcasting workshops and I just discovered this just happened to be in a restaurant and uh, um, last week so I'm going to enroll in one of their workshops not because I'm trying to hone a particular skill although I'd like to but just to be around these people who enjoy podcasting and just I'd love to talk to people who love to talk about podcasting. That's that's absolutely perfect. It, little things like that that you just have to take advantage of, and I that's that's a great example. I love that. If there and to our listeners, if there's anything like that for you, share it with us. We'd love to hear what you're passionate about and and what you have found it's something unconventional that you've been out and about and you found something that you didn't realize existed, but related exactly to what you wanted to do. And that's really how you do meet meet people, make new friends, and it's really builds this community bond. Let's move on to number seven, take care of your health. And I I really admire you from this out at this standpoint, Trevor. So take care of your health is obviously if, if you're in poor health, nothing else matters. I'm an extreme health eater. I'm a vegan, so I, I, I'm not condemning anybody who isn't, but that just suggests I I'm very focused on what I eat, what I consume. And this has taken so much stress off me, you know, just knowing I am doing everything I can to live an extremely healthy life. I remember when I didn't, it would always weigh in the back of my mind, you know, I really shouldn't be eating this or I really shouldn't be doing this or, you know, so, and I do get regular exercise. So those things, it just to know, you know, if something were to go wrong, I mean, I've, I've taken all the proactive measures. So the older you get, the more concerned you become with your health. But if you're doing things every day to look after your body, to look after your health, it's just something you don't have to be worried about. You know, it just, it's out of your mind. And to take it one step further, Trevor, you're processed sugar free as well. So you are really going above and beyond to make sure you're that your health is a priority and that you can enjoy every life every day to its fullest. Well, this isn't a health podcast and I know I don't need to tell you anything about health. You're going to become the resident expert, but once you start, you know, making healthy choices, the benefits show up very soon after, and you're just motivated to make another healthy choice. And once these, the results of these healthy choices start stacking up behind each other, and you just start feeling better and better and better, the motivation to stay on that track becomes very easy. Oh, for sure. And I do want to highlight one important point, because I think I've been caught in this trap a lot myself is the idea that, I mean, you have the the intense gym goers, which I really admire, and I wish that could be me so badly. I definitely don't go to the gym enough. 
but I do enjoy, I do enjoy going for walks and getting outside. And, and some days when I, I'll go for a run and I'll just stop my tracks. I'm like, I want to, I don't want, I don't want to run anymore. I just want to walk. And I think you can't, yes, it's important to get intense physical exercise, but like Megan points out in this article, movement is movement. So at the end of the day, don't beat yourself up if it's not if you don't go from zero to a hundred. You can do twenty. You can do fifty. Uh, from on the scale of intensity, just getting that getting that movement and starting out small, I think, is really important. And I think that's something that I've kind of come to terms with is just doing what I enjoy to do and 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 realizing that something is better than nothing. I agree with that. And I have a lot of people, so I'm in my 50s and I'm I'm what I would consider pretty good health. I, I have people ask me, you know, they talk about health like, like there's a destination and it's really a direction. You know, it's moving in that direction all the time. There is no destination in looking after your health. You just have to keep moving in a healthy direction. Oh, definitely. Especially when you're talking everything on the inside. I mean, you can't really look at a person and tell how healthy their heart is or or, or their internal organs, but I, but you can see how often someone goes for a walk or, or a run or gets some physical exercise. So I think I think you just have to know that doing things for you to head towards that direction is a, a very healthy mentality. And just you know, from the standpoint of investing in yourself, it, this one really should have been number one. Oh, on definitely. List. Because if you don't have your health, nothing else matters. I could not have said that better myself. I completely agree. So on that amazing note, let's move on to number eight. Choose to be happy. And I ask, this is point number eight, and I absolutely love it because choose. Choose to be happy. And you, it kind of seems a little, a little backwards in that, wait, why would you choose not to be happy? But what's your take on this, Trevor? Well, my wife reminds me of this all the time is, is practicing gratitude. Whenever I get sort of get talking negative about a, a circumstance that's in my life, she'll quickly remind me of, of maybe a place we were before that was less desirable or a scenario that we could be in, you know, if, if things were just slightly different, you know, a worse scenario. So pract- appreciating what you have is so, so important. You know, a lot of people may complain about their jobs, but you know, uh, you know, really you could say, I'm, I'm thankful I have a job, you know, is maybe a better way to look at it. Definitely. And I mean, I haven't had a lot, I haven't faced a ton of adversity at my young age and I, I admire people who do and are able to pull positive or, or happy moments from the adversity they face. I really admire that because it takes, it, it takes a lot of self-love and a lot of optimism and positivity and, and contentment, content with contentness with yourself to be able to do that. And I, I really, I really commend anyone who is good at that. Well, I don't do this, but I, I've often, I think I should is people use the, t- the tool of journaling. So they would, they'll write down every morning, three things that they, that they're, you know, they're practice gratitude, write down three things that you're happy about or three things that are good in your life. And, and by doing that, I mean, writing, it seems kind of silly that nobody's going to read it, but by writing it down, it forces you to say it and read it. That's a fabulous suggestion. And this is, uh, the gratitude journaling is something that's, I think, becoming more and more 
um, practiced and it's, it's so valuable because you are, you often say, I mean, what difference is that going to make? But they do say if you wake up every day and tell yourself, I'm ugly, you're going to believe that every morning. So the little small uh, repetitive practice of doing that is proven to be so valuable. You know, I get up some mornings and Monday morning, I, oh, I got to go to work today and I get in my car and my wife will remind me, uh, remember, it's only a six minute drive. So, yeah. you know, so, so, you know, that's that little happy thing. You know, I, I could be driving for an hour and six minutes, but it's only six minutes. Magnus included a quote by Abraham Lincoln that says, quote, most people are about as happy as they make up their minds to be, end quote. So it really shows that happiness and your perception of, of your circumstances and your happiness is really in your own hands and that there really is no outside outs, outside factors. I mean, there are outside factors that are going to impact your happiness, but it's really your perception of those factors and how you perceive and, and really reflect on those. And this really should have been number two on the list. Definitely, because yes. W- without this, the other things become uh, very difficult to unfold. Oh, I agree. Um, number nine is work on your bucket list. So I don't actually have a bucket list. And this is something that I know, I'll, hopefully, I think a lot of our listeners probably have one. But for some reason, I can't seem to make a bucket list. I'm not sure if that means I'm complacent or content. Do you have one, Trevor? No, I don't. And, and I'm struggling with the same thing. You just said it right there. Am I complacent or content? I think if you don't have a bucket list, it doesn't mean you're not adventurous. It doesn't mean you you lack desires. I, I, I personally think without a bucket list, you're just content. Yeah. So if you have a bucket list, definitely work on it. You know, I, I, I would not deter anybody from doing that because all that will lead to is regret if you don't. But maybe maybe I need a bucket list. Yeah. And... I, I really struggled with this. One of my best friends has, actually both my best friends have these bucket lists of, like Megan says in this article, the hundred things they have, they have a hundred things they want to do. And I, I really admire their bucket list and I think it's incredible. But when I sit down and try to make one, my best friend actually made my bucket list for me because she knows that there's things that I want to do that I didn't realize I wanted to do, which is incredible and very thoughtful. But at the same time, I, there, I think there are people out there, maybe some of our listeners are like this, that they just enjoy the adventures that life throws their ways or or they live moment by moment more maybe. That's actually a good idea to have somebody help you with your bucket list because you might be saying things every day or very frequently that, that you don't actually realize how much you want, but the people around you, they hear it so often, they, they know your bucket list better than you do. Yeah, yeah. My bucket list is... is about 30 items long and majority of them are are from my two best friends so yeah definitely so if you don't have a bucket list talk to your 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 partner your family your friends and see if there's anything that they can help you add to that list because i'm sure there is um last but not least invest in a coach I've never done invested in a coach i've never done this i i i like to think i can motivate myself enough that I don't need the assistance of a coach. But I think a coach can bring whatever you're doing to another level that you would, you, if you ever were able to get to that level, it would take, you know, twice as long as, as if you didn't have a coach. So I am, I'm not going to go into what I, I'm going to pursue a coach for, but I am going to pursue coaching. And uh, well, it, it's going to relate to this podcast. And 
I think it's a good idea. A lot of times people struggle with parting with the money, but anyone I've ever talked to that has had a personal trainer or, you know, gone for, I'll say music lessons, that's it. That's it. Kind of a coach. They, they, they are always amazed at how, you know, you can learn through trial and error, but a coach can, can get you past a lot of the mistakes all the beginners make. So I think a coach can, can move you along quicker which which may help keep you motivated. No, I think you put that absolutely perfectly and that a coach a coach can be any type of professional who can help you excel even more within the fields of interest that you're doing and or not even fields of interest. It can be anything from uh, fitness, health, um, maybe the relationships in your life. There I think I think a coach is very useful to like you said take something to the next level and really cultivate what you're trying to work on and maybe what you're already super interested in getting better at well i was thinking as before we started this podcast i was going to sign up for a a seminar with a a coach a podcast coach and and it so we made we made some mistakes in the early days of this podcast and i'm sure we're still making some today had i signed up with that coach i'm sure we would over overcome those earlier or maybe avoided some of them altogether no, I, I completely agree with that, Trevor. There is such a good place in everyone's life for some kind of coach or mentor to help you get over the things that you would have had to get over through trial and error otherwise. So that reaches the end of our 10, Megan's top 10 ways to invest in yourself. Again, this is an article by Megan Tall from the Huffington Post, top 10 ways to invest in yourself and why it's so powerful. It is an incredibly well-written article with 10 incredible points. So again, that'll be in our show notes. Please go check it out. It's, 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 uh, it's one that Trevor and I read and we're like, wow, this episode is really going to have a lot of, um, a lot of inspiration from it. So Trevor, do you have any final closing thoughts, um, on the episode today of investing in yourself? Yeah, I think it's important. Invest in yourself. You're never going to regret it. Simple and to the point. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And we are always so happy to have you with us. Make sure to check out our social media pages if you haven't already. We update those very frequently. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. All the links for those will be in our show notes. And don't forget to send us an email and get in contact with us. You can also do that through livelifesimple.ca through our Contact Us page. Just send us a contact form submission and we read everything that comes our way. And we love hearing from your listener on how you're pursuing financial independence and your financial related goals. Until next week, keep it simple.